Purple sugar slush. King size. That'll be a dollar twenty-six. Hello and welcome, fellow film buffs. I'm Zach Droll, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Hunter Vanalira. Let's get ready to rumble! We are the movie. box office losers. Each and every week, we deep dive into the movie sphere, watch and review any and all films to ever grace the silver screen. This week, we are talking about Ready to Rumble, the film that killed David Arquette's career. If you couldn't tell by me screaming the wrestling thing at the beginning, and I didn't know this really killed his career. I thought he was great in this film. This film, you'll see by my review, not too favorable, but I love oh, David I, Arquette. I, I, <laughs> so. I'm the same way with, with, with my review. Because like one, this I, I, I'm either going to change it to a point, uh, five or bump it up one point mm-hmm. i don't know we shall see but yes guys ready to rumble is a 2000 american buddy comedy filmed and directed by brian robbins and written by uh steven brill which is based on the turner broadcasting now defunct professional wrestling promotion wcw otherwise known as world championship wrestling hell yeah dude um, so, I didn't know about this movie at all. I just knew David Arquette made a wrestling movie, and I know he was a wrestler for the WC, the WCW for a while. He wasn't a wrestler. He was just brought in to bump up ratings, and then it kind of worked. And then I thought he was uh, a legit wrestler for a couple years. Nope. He was oh, never a legit wrestler. He never had any actual training. Oh, really? I thought he was, like, legit going in. Like I said, hey, if we watch his documentary, then you'll know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch a fucking documentary for a, for the show. It, it it it's a good documentary. You would like it. Maybe they rele- they released a new documentary this year called "You Can't Kill David Arquette." That's what it's I'm about talking about. Oh, that's the one. I thought you meant the other one. No, it's "You Can't Kill David Arquette." Oh, that's the one that came out this year. Maybe maybe we'll do it. But, uh, maybe, yeah, I was actually so... going to ask you about um if you still wanted to cover the movie that we have set for episode sixteen. It's a good classic, and we can talk about it and compare it to other stuff, but if you don't want to do that one, we can easily switch it, or we could jump it into one of the New Year ones. Uh, I'll to, we'll, I'll, we'll have to discuss that after the pod. Sounds cool. Yeah, I thought you were talking about an old one. I was like, I only want to watch the new one, because they talk about Scream as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was referencing to. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, let's move on to the casting before we get too yes. jumbled up in episode semantics. I'll start off by reading the actors, and you can read all the wrestlers who were in it. And give me some any extra information on the wrestlers I don't know about, because there are a couple I'm very yes. confused on. So we'll get to that in a sec. So, starting off the cast list, we have David Arquette as Gordy Boggs, a.k.a. The Law. We then have Scott Kahn as Sean Dawkins, a.k.a. Sugar Daddy. We also have Oliver Platt as Jimmy King. Oh, dude, I loved Oliver Platt in this movie. Jimmy King was, like, the best character so was um, Sal Bandini. I was going to get to Sal Bandini. Uh, we have Joe Pantoliano as Titus Sinclair. We have Rose McGowan as Sasha. We have Martin Landau as Sal Bandini. He was great, too. I wish he had more play in there, though. He was only in, like, three scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Ahmet Zappa as the cashier. Jill Ritchie as Brittany. Uh, Richard Lineback as Mr. Boggs, Gordy's father. Uh, Chris Owen as Isaac, and Melanie Dean, uh, Deanne Moore as Wendy. Those are the main cast members. Uh, Zach, no. Okay, so the wrestlers. 
This uh, the cast of wrestlers consisted of Goldberg, Diamond, Dallas Page, Sting, Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh yeah! <laughs> Sid Vicious, Juventud Guerrero, Kurt Henning, Disco Inferno, Billy Kidman, Cohen, and Ray Mysterio Jr. But we just call him Ray Mysterio. The film also is notable for the for the media debut of John Cena. He is seen in the background of the of the Jimmy King and Goldberg gym scene. Yeah, I actually noticed him in the background. Uh, he's not zoomed in on, but when it's it's the scene where it's the over the shot, over the shoulder the shot of um, Gordy and Sean talking to Goldberg. You can see this huge dude fucking lifting weights, and I'm like, that's totally John Cena. he sits down at the um, at the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Or the elbow thing. That was thing. him? Be, be, oh, man. I swear he's the one pumping iron in the back. He's not. Are you sure? It looks so much like John I'm positive. Cena. I, I've seen this movie twice now, and I've seen every single wrestling thing about this movie. He is in the background when Jimmy King and Goldberg talking. Really? Yes. You I can tell because he has the sure blonde I hair. He had blonde hair? Yeah. I was looking for the brown hair. No, he had blonde hair at this time, and you can tell by his face. I didn't see his um, face. I was too busy uh, fucking looking at Goldberg. Uh, other wrestling personalities Mountain. consisted of, uh, I don't know the other commentator, but we have um, Tony Schiavone and Mean Gene Okerlund, along with Booker T, um, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, uh, Perry Saturns, and um, can't think of other ones off the top of my head. But yeah, those those are the ones I know. See, it's funny I can pronounce Juventud Guerrero without without skipping a beat, but I can't pronounce these fucking actors' names. <laughs> yeah, you can pronounce the fucking crazy ass wrestling names, but fucking you can't. Pro- oh man, you're fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's definitely weird. I can pronounce a lot of weird shit too. But every once in a while, I'm like, I can't spell restaurant. I can't spell definitely. But I can spell, like, fucking Samara Weaving and shit like that. It's just like, okay. <laughs> and so, like, and also I think how, how I described certain things to, like, in my notes, like, okay, so Tony Schiavone, he was the one at the commentator's desk who kind of looks like a beardless version of me. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Sounds good. Yeah, so uh, our before we get into the notes, our notes section I actually flipped. We have the, the score at the top, and then we have a bunch of notes in the middle before we get to the plot. Okay. Not too many notes to talk about, but we do have some notable fun ones. Okay. All right, so before we start that, though, the budget was $24 million, and the box office was only $12.5 million. So it's a flop. Yeah, it it was bad. So a lot of things I know about, this film is that uh, a, a lot of things didn't go right. Uh, David Arquette really was not supposed to be a part of WCW after this film was made. But um, Vince Russo, the worst booker in the business, <laughs> saw money and was like, yeah, let's give it to him. And hence why he got the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And that then started a downward spiral in his acting career, hence why he starred in films like C-Spot Run. And he was the are. dad in Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh my god, he was? Yes. <gasps> oh my god. That's ridiculous, I had no idea. I know, I didn't really know who I David Arquette Shark was. Boy and Lava Girl. I, know, I knew his name, I just didn't know who he was. 
I knew he was in Scream as a guy, and then I finally started watching the Scream movies, and I was like, oh, shit, he's, yeah. de- he's Dewey. And then we watched the uh, Ready to Rumble, and now we're just David Arquette world. <laughs> See, like, this this film pretty much hit, hit a downward spiral. Like, be- before he did Ready to Rumble, and when he was in Scream, remember, he was supposed to be Sam in Scream. Um... And then he did this. Like he was on, he was up there with like the the top ten actors who were gonna make it big. And then this happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I will jump into the first three paragraphs of the notes. And uh, yeah. Uh, the film uh score makes uh, an extensive use of classic music, both uh, diegetic di- and non diegetic. Uh, fanfare for Common Man by um, Aaron Cor- uh, Corplin and is featuring a Jimmy King theme music as Singfried uh, Funeral March from <laughs> You got this Gorder Dam und Jingang by German composer Richard Wagner I probably Richard pronounced Wagner. Thank you <laughs> uh, plays uh, quietly in the background during uh, King's initial uh what is that? Dis- discomfiture. Discomfiture. I, I hate... Can I say discomfort? Fuck. Discomfiture. As the hands of Titus Sinclair, played by Joe Pat... Pot- Pantoliano. Pantoliano, thank you. And Diamond Dallas Page. A soundtrack for this film was released by Atlantic Records and 143 records in both clean and explicit um, editions. Considering the Kid Rock song... Oh God! Bad with the bar. Bad with the bar. I don't know the what lower, the fuck that means. Um, the lower than you remix is not deleted on the iTunes version of the soundtrack. It is remastered. One of the only songs of Kid Rock to be available on iTunes until most of his cat uh, catalog was released on iTunes in 2013. Weird. The character of Sal Bandini. Ready? Do you want to wrestle? Sal Bandini, want to wrestle? based on wrestlers Luthez and Stu Hart, which is 100% true. I I can I can vouch for that it is based off of those two, mainly mm-hmm. Stu Hart. Um, Oliver Platt accidentally struck Randy Savage in the face during the filming of the fantasy scene. The footage on of the incident, which was shot over uh, Savage's shoulder, can be seen in the blooper reel. Uh, shown during the closing credits, uh, Chris Canyon was uh, Platt's stunt double, and Shane Helms, who is the Hurricane, might I add, Hurricane Helms, uh, was David Arquette's stunt double. Uh, the character of Tyson Sinclair is based off of WCW president and executive producer Eric Bischoff, who was originally planned to star in the movie as a fictional version of himself, but was fired from WCW before filming began. <laughs> True and very fucking true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to bring that up, that Eric Bischoff was supposed to be Titus Sinclair. Yeah. There's um and uh, the whole Randy Savage thing. In the blooper yes. reel, it is hilarious. He whips out the punch, and then Oliver Platt's like, oh my god, dude, are you okay? <laughs> it's so funny. The blooper reel so, was great. I know a fun tidbit about the original ending that this film was supposed to have. Yeah, I have that down here somewhere. Don't spoil it. Fuck. I All think right, I have it. If we don't paragraph. say it, we'll talk about it later, but I have it in here somewhere. Okay. I remember finding it. If we don't find it, keep that in your notes. You got to say it. But um. also, I think I have this in here as, as well. Rose McGowan hated this, but we'll get to that if it's here. Who was Rose um, McGowan again? That was what? Rose uh, McGowan played Sasha. 
Oh, she played one of the Nitro girls. Yeah. Oh, it's it's in my mid movie notes. Okay. Um. Uh, we're yeah. up to. We'll talk about when we get there. Following the release. Um. Following the release of the movie, WCW decided to generate publicity for the com- uh, for the company by running a storyline in which David Arquette, a legitimate wrestling fan, became a WCW World Champion. Yeah. The storyline was reviled by wrestling fans, and Arquette mm-hmm. himself reportedly believed it was a bad idea, as he felt that it would damage the value of the World Heavyweight Championship uh, he held in such high regard. While in WCW, he aligned himself with Diamond Dallas Page, despite Page being the movie's villain, and agreed in the storyline to drop the title to him. He eventually lost the title in the main event of Slamboree, a great name, involving three-tiered cage seen in uh, Ready to Rumble. That's really cool. The Triple Cage match! Pitting himself against Page and Jeff Jarrett, which ended when he turned on Page and allowed Jarrett to win. Arquette later donated all the money WCW paid him to the families of the deceased wrestlers Owen Hart, Brian Pillman, and Brian Hildebrand. Plus to wrestler Darren uh, Drozdov, who was left paralyzed due to an in-ring accident in uh, a year prior. Yeah. Crazy. The Triple Cage was used by WCW only once. First at Slamboree 2000. Twice. Oh, my bad. Twice. Damn. Uh, first at Slamboree in 2000, where Jeff beat uh, Diamond Dallas Page and David Arquette, who was the defending champion. Uh, in this match, Chris Canyon was thrown from the roof of one of the cages, paralyzing him. Uh, the other, oh, paralyzing in quotes, uh, the other taking on uh, the September two, September 4, 2000 episode of uh, WCW Monday Nitro, which was uh, in war in a War Games match. Um, you want me to read one more? Uh, I'll read this one. Gotcha. Around this time of the movie's release, David Arquette made a, a string of appearances on WCW television. In lieu of spending any of the money paid to him from WCW, David instead chose to give the money, uh, gave the money of his WCW earnings to the families of deceased wrestlers Brian Pillman. Yeah, he was the first one that he gave him to, and then after yes. uh, he got more, he just kept giving it out to all the other deceased which, wrestlers' families. Which, which really I cool. I fucking respect the hell out of him for giving it to Drav to Drozdov, uh, Brian Pillman, and Owen Hart. I don't know who who Hildebrand is. But um, but the three that are notable for me are Owen Hart, uh, Pillman, and Darren Jawsdorf. Mm-hmm. Um, for promotion purposes, WCW had writer Vince Russo, bro, wrote for David Arquette to make many guest appearances and win the WCW World Title on an episode of WCW Thunder, nineteen ninety eight. Most people called the worst move in WCW history. The final nail in its coffin. Before going out of business in 2001, David Arquette himself admitted that it was not a good idea, only doing it because Booker Vince Russo kept talking him into it. <laughs> you gotta love your bookers, man. He's like, so, come on, man, they love you, they so love you. In, and then he's like, no, they don't. <laughs> so in the um, in the documentary, uh, you can't, you cannot kill David Arquette. This gets brought up a lot. They're like, he's like, I didn't want to do it. Like, I, I thought it was a very bad idea, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't want to go through with it. But Vince Russo, being the stubborn dickhead he is, made him do it. Uh, if, if we do cover You Cannot Kill David Arquette, I will extensively talk about as much as I can from what I know. Yeah, I'll probably watch it either tonight after this, or I'll jump it on uh, tomorrow, because I have the day off. 
So I'll probably check it out because it sounds really interesting. And now that I know that it's tied to this film in some way, shape, or form because of you yes, know, it about is. the wrestling career and stuff, it I'm going to It is so heavily it. tied to this film. And, like, you, you feel bad for him because, like, after this, like, af- technically after this movie, like, um, David Arquette went on Downward Spiral. Yeah. Uh, if you want to continue reading on with the notes. So the way Jimmy King, he, I will reign you. Is that what he says? No, I will rule you. Rule you. God damn it. I was so close. <laughs> Almost approximate knowledge of everything, that's what my friends say. Uh, the way Jimmy King lost the title uh, when he was supposed to have won it is a spoof of the infamous Montreal Screwjob back at the WWF Survivor Series from 1997, in which Bret Hart was supposed to have retained the title from Shawn Michaels, but was heavily conspired against and lost in an unscripted manner. Yeah, that so... bullshit. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I picked this up my notes. Yeah, that, like, that, that, that entire scene is legit how backstage politics work. Yeah, gotta in, love d- it. in WWE, <laughs> and the Montreal Screwjob is le- is legit the most real thing in wrestling today. Nice, <laughs> and I fucking hate it. <laughs> the Montreal uh, Screwjob. Jimmy Everybody King. Gets a screwjob. Jimmy King, Titus Sinclair, and Sasha um, are are the only WCW personalities made up for the film. Everyone else uh, were actually were actual WCW employees, uh, according to an interview he did with You Shout. In 2013, Diamond Dallas Page said that he pitched an alternative ending for the film to Warner Bros. Uh, what would have happened was after the Triple Cage match is all over and the end, um, and the end credits are just starting to roll, Jimmy King tells Gordy and Sean that he would see them at the bar before heading to the back uh, to his dressing room to get changed, only to see DDP waiting for him just as the two wrestlers look. Uh, uh, just as the two wrestlers look like they're going to fight again, they actually hug each other. While DDP forgiving King for throwing him through the triple cage, which in real life, he would have died. No, that was insane, dude. He fucking yeets him through three metal cages, and he lands, from the way his body is falling, he's supposed to land on his neck, but then he lands on his back, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. The uh, <laughs> then Sean and Gordy enter the dressing room and are shocked to discover that King and DDP are friends. DDP then walks up to the two and say, boys, welcome to the business. Let's go have a drink, which helps pull all the differences aside. That would have made more sense for how the um, the WCW David Arquette storyline went, where he actually teams up with uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Well, no, like, it's because, like, you have to separate movie from reality in that case. I know, but also, it would have been cool that if they tied it to that reality, it would have been cool. Yeah. Like the movie's uh, and also, canon like, to the WCW timeline. <laughs> Well, no, because you can't have Jimmy King be canon, and I also, I, I watched no, I the fucking episode been. of WCW Thunder, oh my god. With David Arquette showing up? Where he won. <laughs> it's it's so bad, because, like, he, he's even, just like, supposed to play a fan, right, and then he shows up and he wins? Oh, no, like, everyone knows who he is as a, as an actor. Yeah, but in the storyline, he's just supposed to be a fan. Yeah, he, he he he's he's an actual fan of wrestling. Uh, oh, he gets that. pulled into the crowd. You yeah, know, no, he he's a lifelong fan of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets pulled into the crowd by Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff, who then got who somehow got rehired before all this happened. When all this happened, back and forth happens. He teams up with DDP. Um, uh, David Arquette spears Eric Bischoff, pins him. And then gets the title and down, and all hell broke loose from that point on. Interesting. 
I definitely got to check out the documentary if they yes. talk about this in the slightest. Uh, hit us with that plot, baby boy. So, moving on to the plot from the notes. There wasn't really a lot of notes for this movie, so unfortunately this might be a shorter episode, but every once well, in a while if, you need a short one. If you, like, I, I, I can, I can definitely, I, I know a lot of, I know a lot about this film and, like, the backstage stuff about it, so. Oh well, yeah, we'll, we'll fluff it up when we get to, uh, your mid-movie notes. I, I have very little, so. No, no, but you can yeah. fluff it up with the extra stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, dim-witted sewage workers, Gordy, is it Gordy Boggs or Gordy, Gordy Biggs? Either way, Gordy uh, Boggs and Sean Dawkins watched their favorite wrestler, WCW World Heavyweight Champion Jimmy King, cheated out of the title by Diamond Dallas Page, an evil WCW promoter, oh, and e- evil, holy fucking tits, and evil WCW promoter named Diamond, uh, Titus Sinclair, and, uh, the partners from DDP. After the match, the duo expresses their rage while driving in their septic truck, resulting in a car crash with Gordy and Sean surviving. After this event, Gordy believes that the car crash was supposed to happen and that they should make Jimmy King champion once again. Gordy asks a friend to find out where King lives, and they go to an unex- they go to an unexpected-looking neighborhood where they find King's estranged wife and his parents and also his son. Uh, King's parents tell Gordy and Sean that King borrowed their mobile home and never returned it. The duo then finds King and becomes overexcited. Uh, they find him in a trailer park after he pretends to be a woman. It's, freaking, it's actually a really good scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a conversation, and when King says that he has uh, given up on wrestling, Gordy and Sean anger him to the point where he suddenly attacks them. This attack on the boys prompts a change of heart uh, for King, where his passion for wrestling returns. It's a really, it's probably one of the best scenes in the movie where they show up and they're just like. Come on, man! You're the king! You're our hero! Come on! Oh, it was nice. Like, boys, it's fake. You know that, yeah. right? And they're like, yeah, but come on! No, no, <laughs> they, they don't know it's fake. They all think it's real. I thought uh, Sean knew it was uh, fake. I think maybe? I thought Sean knew, because I, I knew Gordy was, like, super into it. I thought Sean thought it was fake. At least uh, at some point. The trio proceeds to go on a road trip to the next WCW Nitro taping in New York City... And this was at the New York Arena, not Madison Square Garden, the New York Arena. Uh, Gordy sends uh, letters to his father, a police officer, who wanted Gordy to follow in his footsteps. Gordy writes that he will not join the police force, uh, making him frustrated. Gordy, King, and Sean arrive at the Nitro taping, where they hide King in a porta potty and then meet one of the Nitro girls, Sasha. When boobs, he... boobs, boobs. <laughs> when DDP mocks Sasha, uh, no, when, when DDP mocks King on camera, King comes out the porta potty and attacks him. Once again, like th- that is legit the most wrestling scene in this entire. movie. Oh yeah, that's another great scene too. Like when it, it, that's like a legit wrestling like um, tape. What are they called? Um, like, oh god, highlight reel. No, when um. Like, like when a wrestling all like a like a reel is it a reel highlight reel? No, it's not a highlight reel. Highlight reel is like this is what happened in the match. Here's the best moves. Oh god. Okay, well Sinclair then decide, then declares a steel cage match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, plus a one million dollar cash prize, with the added stipulation that if King loses, he'll never wrestle again. <laughs> Uh, you want to hit that with that next paragraph? Oh, for sure. I thought you were going to continue reading. Oh, no. Sasha is impressed by Gordy, and they later go to her apartment to have dinner. 
When Sasha attempts to have sex with Gordy, he reacts like it's a wrestling match and pushes her off. For an object. <laughs> he keeps going with the wrestling things. And then the scene where they're having sex in the bed is just them flailing around. It's it's pretty funny. For an objects. Punched her in the face. Hell uh, yeah. Jimmy King is in deep need of a trainer for the match. So he, Gordy, and Sean head to the residence of our retired wrestler Sal Bandini, where he uh, accepts becoming King's trainer. The trio then heads to a local gym where King meets his former partner, Bill Goldberg. And there's a nice scene where he talks about how he threw up on him. It was great. King asks Goldberg to help uh, in the upcoming match as like uh, his part of his posse, but he turns him down, saying that King has no chance of winning. Then that night, Sid Vicious and Perry Saturn attack Sal Bandini, uh, hospitalizing him. At the hospital, Gordy overhears Sasha at the phone booth, where he learns that Sasha was working under the orders of Sinclair the entire time, therefore realizing his relationship with her was a total sham. Gordy breaks up with her and gets, is it a Butterfinger? As a result. <laughs> As the trio returns uh, to Gordy and Sean's home, town of Wyoming, to continue training, Gordy's fire father steps in and forces him to abandon his wrestling aspiration and join the police force. Sean and King tried to convince Gordy to get out of becoming a police officer, but he refuses. He does, however, hold a huge party for King uh, that wishes him luck in the steel cage match. This was a nice scene. Yeah. Uh, on the night because of the Sean gets lead. Oh, yeah, with Wendy. Yep. <coughs> Excuse the burp. On the night of the match, King is once again outnumbered by DDP's goons, but then he suddenly receives help from Goldberg... Booker T, Billy Kidman, Disco Inferno, Sting, and Gordy, who ride in on a police motorcycle, uh, de- debuting his new gimmick as the law. This skips over a-, a scene where, after the training montage happens in Wyoming, they do a bunch of um, wrestling tryouts, and they get a bunch of people that be his actual don't, posse before the other people come don't in. Don't say anything, because I have that in my notes. Okay, cool. We'll talk about that later. Uh, King ultimately wins the match by dropping uh, Diamond Dallas Page... Uh, from the top of the cage to the floor of the ring. He just shoots him through. As King comes up victorious once again, uh, WCW World Heavyweight Champion Titus gets beaten up by Sean and Gordy, as well as some fans. Gordy later asks King to uh, re-team up with him, but he announces that his new partner will be Gordy, and his new manager will be Sean. Hell yeah, man. An epilogue shows uh, Sean telling some local kids, the kids from the very beginning of the film, dreams can come true. At a convenience store where Gordy and Goldberg teach the store clerk a lesson for being mean to the kids by hurting him, by, by hurling him out of the street, all ends happily as a hero is right off in a stretch limousine Hummer together with Sal, now fully recovered in a hot tub with beautiful Nitro Girls. Hell yeah, man. Gotta love it. So, um, yeah, I, I have, uh, I, I have like just one bit of notes from the training montage at the end. Well, well the tryout montage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so hit us with your mid-movie notes. I'm surprised this isn't, got moved up. Got moved up? What do you mean? Isn't it normally it goes like, oh, wait, I'm just stupid. Fuck, okay. No, it's always mid-movie notes and reviews. It's because okay. we didn't have that many notes to talk about, so it feels like it's moved up, but it's not. Okay. So... Uh, starting off with my first mid-movie note, I go, ah, opening credit monologues. I am my worst enemy. <laughs> I love that song so much. I said, uh, what the fuck is this purchase scene? I don't remember the, the purchase scene, but I don't think it's the butt finger one. It, it but is also, the butt finger. 
But also, what the fuck, man? It, it, it is the butt finger one. Gordy, is your finger in your ass? Yup. That's pretty much like, like, that's just a, a knockoff of the, um, of the thing from, uh, Mallrats. I don't, I, I've never seen Mallrats. Oh, fuck. We, we gotta watch Mallrats after Clerks. Time. I think it's in here somewhere. No, we gotta watch Clerks. Well, it, it, it's gonna go Clerks and Mallrats now. Yeah, we'll do the, we'll do the View Askew universe, uh, at some point. We'll just go in timeline order. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I go, Randy Savage, what the fuck? Because he just shows up and then Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Brother. So, uh, my next mid-movie note is, how old are they supposed to be? Because um, I don't fucking know. I think they're supposed to be, like, uh, mid, like early to late 20s. Early, I think early you find out later that Gordy's 24. Okay, yeah. So, like, er- early think. to mid-20s. Yeah. My next note is, Nitro Girls, this emoji. <laughs> You yes. can't see it, but you know what I'm talking about. It's the A. A. Um, next one. It's like legit wrestling. Okay, Kinda yeah. Kind of cool. So, so that first match before um, uh, DDP and King was pretty much an... Uh, uh, excuse me. Was a real match of wrestling, technically. Yeah, that's all I was saying. Like It's like legit wrestling. That's really cool. I didn't know the movie would have actual wrestling scenes. <laughs> I thought they would just kind of talk about it and then dance around it. Thought it was cool. Um, my next note is oh, unfair bogus allergies. <laughs> when they're uh, about to crash their truck, they're crying in the car because King lost and got kicked out. So yeah. they're like, I'm not crying. It's just allergies, man. These damn allergies. They're so unfair. It's great. Um, next bit of note. Uh, too much potty humor so far. Smarter and more clever writing, please. Well, and remember, it's, a lot it, of potty it's, humor. it's 2000s. I know, but you can still have a smart movie. No, but it's a 2000s buddy comedy. Yeah, but you can still have a smart movie. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, next note. Traveling Nuns. What is this film? Yeah. They just have weird farting nuns that just hanging out in the film. It's like, okay. Yeah. Next note. The King is great. I love, I love a Jimmy Platt's character. Not Jimmy Platt. Oh. Oliver Platt's character, Jimmy King. I thought it was good. It, it, it's such a, it, it is a good character. Yeah, I wish he was an actual real wrestler. I would root for him. He's, he and had I like a nice McGowan. gimmick. I will rule you. Um, next note, Rose McGowan said she hated filming this. Yeah, I don't uh, blame her. I found that somewhere. She just said she didn't like it. She said it was bad. And um, in the bloopers, the scene where uh, Gordy is supposed to be like, uh-uh, and like looking at her boobs and looking at her face... There's a scene where David Arquette is just laughing his ass off and going, I can't stop looking at your boobs. <laughs> and then uh, you can see Rose McGowan look at the camera and just go, ugh. I was like, oof. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta feel bad for her, but hey, man, paycheck's paycheck. Oh, it is, definitely. Next note, dad is low-key homophobic. As he's picking him up from uh, Wyoming after the training montage, um, he... They get he gets Gordy in the car and he's like, "You're you're not gonna do that career with all those men touching and and, and, and wrestling and with the no shirts and the fucking." And he brings up Michael Bolton for some fucking reason yeah. too. It, it, it's weird. <laughs> uh, you have a lot of good notes here. My mine are shitty, but well, I was. Well, because you've seen the movie already and you weren't commenting mid, mid you know mid movie. Yeah. This is me my mid movie notes. You know. Yeah. 
for movies I haven't seen before. Like, I've already seen King of Staten Island. I think we both have. So yeah. when we get to that movie, and I've also seen Clerks, but I haven't seen it in a while, so I might have made movie notes for that. But I've already mm. seen King of Staten Island, so I won't have that many mid-movie notes, if any at all. I'll probably just yeah. go, oh man, I remember this scene. This was cool. I like Bill Burr. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Oh no, Wonder Woman. Uh, sorry, I got a pop on a, a statue over here. It fell down. That's right. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I went, uh, Sting? I didn't know Sting was going to be in this, and he's sitting there with a baseball bat like he's supposed to hit somebody with it, but then he doesn't. Well, no, no, no. That just is, that, that's his character in, in, oh, in real life wrestling. Bat? Yo, Sting is like hot. <laughs> Thanks for backing me up, Zach. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I'm not going like, to say nice anything, man. He's, he's ripped. He's hot. He's a hot guy. Sting is just a badass dude. Yeah, I got to watch more Sting stuff. I, I, I got to see Sting around. Oh, like, there was a time in, like, uh, uh, TNA where he had, like, a Joker, Heath Ledger character. Interesting. Yes. I'd be down to check that out. I'll show it to you sometime. Yeah. So, um, uh, next note. Arquette better show up to save the day. This is uh, when he's, like, doing all the police work, and he's like, I can't come back, guys. I'm never coming back. Like, I gotta do law <laughs> stuff. My dad and will I'm shoot like, you. No. Next one. Ladder fight. When uh, he's swinging the ladder around and he's knocking people around. I love it when, yeah. uh, in wrestling when they pick up the ladder and just use it as a goddamn fucking, like, uh... Well, that, that's like, that's an actual money. thing that, that... That's an actual move that, that's been done in wrestling before, too. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's, I love it. It's a really it's, cool it's, move. It's fucking... Yeah. yeah. Why would you not use it? Next note. There's the law! He shows up and fucking busts it open with the fucking motorcycle. Psh, great scene. Where's the motorcycle go? Anyway. That's a good question. <laughs> Final note for the movie. Yeah, Sting is a good guy because he shows up when he's in the rafters and he kicks Diamond Dallas Page off the thing the first time. And then uh, Titus is like, no! Pretty cool. Okay. Um, Sting did a good job. I also didn't know Sting talked, so when he did, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. My my, my mid-movie notes, like, they're very, very bare. Uh, There's still a lot of them. I, I, I brought up, I, I'm very sad that this is pretty much what killed David Arquette's career. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm upset. Then, pop punk is, like, in this movie, uh, the, the feeling of, like, a late 90s, early 2000s film. Grunge. Uh, why draw your weapons at your son? <laughs> That's when he walked into the kitchen, and his mom, his dad, and his sister all drew their guns on him. Yeah, gotta love it. Uh, Billy lost his left nut in Nam. Damn. Uh, then I brought up this is how backstage politics work in real life back then. Uh, Tony Schiavone looks like he did not want to be there. Who's that one? Uh, the one uh, – I will quickly pull it up. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, I got to pull up like, a picture of him when he was young because that's the best way to say it. That's the best yeah. way to point it out. I don't need. Just tell me, like, why he would. Like, who was he? What character? Yeah, well, was he? like, I, I, well, he, you'll, you'll see when I send you the picture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Sure. I, 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 I'm glad we understand this. I didn't know you were gonna show me a picture. I thought you were just gonna tell me, like. Oh no. You didn't like it here. Uh. This is the part of the podcast where we wait. Yeah, this is part of the podcast where I, uh, I don't prepare anything. He's the one in the blue shirt. Oh, is he one of the announcers? Yes, he was the in ring the, announcer. Uh, yeah. Mm. I said, like, he looks like he did not want to be there. 
They followed this kid home, the, the, the hacker kid. Oh, oh, no, they were friends with him. No, they weren't. They didn't know who he was. Well, no, in the plot description, it says that they were friends with him. <laughs> but no, they, they, they just walked up on him playing that <laughs> arcade game. Mm. Uh, Eric Bischoff was supposed to be where Sinclair is. And I, I made this joke. Um, uh, Sean and Gordy are just a way dumber version of us. <laughs> Wait, who's who? Um, I guess because I am like the very strong fanatic. I guess I'll be Arquette in this situation. And I'd be the fucking the fucking try hard best friend. I'm down for that. Uh, mean just Gene being a good support is system. Sexy. Sean Dawkins, best support system. Mean uh, Gene is sexy. Is that fucking the girl who rips off her clothes? No, no, no. That was the the old man who was like, King, am I am I sexy? I don't remember that guy, but I agree. Ah, oh, shit, okay. Well, yeah, well, fuck you. Sal Bandini is a take on how, like, guys actually got trained back in the day. Very He's, very like, true. throwing them around. Um, I wonder what Pretty Kitty is up to these days. Hopefully not drugs. Oh, yeah, Pretty Kitty is the one who ripped off her clothes and was yes. like, I'm Pretty Kitty. I, I, what are you going to do, boob him to death? I, I, I wonder what, what she's up to today. Hopefully not drugs. Yeah, hopefully. And then Sean got laid. That that that's all my notes. Hell yeah, he banged Wendy. <laughs> also, I have two different um, uh, two different re- review systems. Two different versions. Oh. So, oh, you have two different types of your own review. Yep. Oh, it, no, it's not two different ones. You just wanted to use two quotes. <laughs> well, yeah. That's fair. We'll get to that when we get there. So, that was uh, the mid-movie notes section. Now we're moving on to our review section. So, uh, I'll read the good. I'll read the bad review this week again because you were more of a wrestling fan because we both gave it the same score. All right. I'll read the okay. review top part then. Sounds good. All right. <clears throat> Ready to Rumble received a largely negative res- uh, reception, garnering a Rotten Tomato rating of 23% based on 70 reviews. With an average score of 3.9 out of 10. Oof. It's, uh, concession, was that, that right? Conse- you can say, con- you can't say consensus, but consensus, but you can say garnering. Yes. <laughs> consensus state, uh, states humor, uh, at, at its lowest. It's funny for kids, um, and it's insulting to adults on Metacritic. With, um, assigning a normalized rating of, out of 100... Jeez, oh, of, of, of a three on, on Metacritic? No, hold on. It says, on Metacritic, which assigns a normalized rating of 100 to reviews from mainstream critics, the film has an average score of 23, which is based on 26 reviews, indicating it is generally unfavorable. Ro- Roger Ebert said that the movie works best when focusing on the aspect of professional wrestling. And instead of the wheezy uh, prefab, dumb and dumber, antics that uh felt there was um misuse of both platt and lando what landau he's a uh, bandit lando uh citing the former's uh, the former's comic uh talent being wasted and having an actual wrestler in its place instead of that later being more suitable in dramatic works mm-hmm. uh uh, the good review, coming from Lauren King of the Boston Globe. Uh, likeable performance from its young cast and better 
an average script adds spark to this uh, formal, formulaic fairy tale and makes wrestling mania watchable. Yeah, I can agree with some of that. I like, like I said, I like the performances, and uh, I like the, the the wrestling stuff when it was actually on the screen. Mm. Uh, the bad review from Tom Coeg uh, from Film.com. Comic virtues linger in the memory a little longer than the, oh my god, farcical brutality of this pandering noise fest. Not that that's a significant victory. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you I, can check I, out their I, full I reviews too. on bostonglobeandfilm.com, obviously. Yes. All right, Hunter, what is your review? So I'm giving it four purple slush extra large out of ten. I, I think it's extra am... large. If not, it's purple slush large out of ten. I'm giving it four do you want to grab my nuts out of ten? Or four diamond upside down as a pussy out of ten. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, well, when I saw that, like, since I, the first time I watched this film, I think was about, like, during the summer. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I want to watch it before watching You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Yeah. Just so you had some, uh, I, some I seen that part, Diamond Upside Down is a pussy. It made me, like, just die. <laughs> Diamond Upside Down is a pussy. Uh, and who knows, maybe, uh,. Maybe our movie quotes might make it as the uh, intro and outro. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> um, Hunter kicks off with that outro since we got. So guys, thank you for out. listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Box Office Losers and Twitter at Box Losers for up to date news. Mostly just Instagram posts of the cool like art I find, and I try to tag everybody I can. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. Zach, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Dark Shadow Zake on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I all, I'm also a contributor for the Sports Hit List. I also today just got done filming my episode two of the AEW Injection, which is um, the review show for me and my friend Nick. We talk about just AEW for nice. the Hit List. Hunter, where can they find you? You can find me at Scruffy Moose Man on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me uh, on Android's Amazing Podcast every Wednesday at 10 a.m. It's a comic book podcast I do with my coworker at the comic book store I work at. We talk about uh, the news in the comic book world and we review some new books. You can also find me at Pound That Button every uh, Tuesday. Uh, it's a PlayStation podcast I host with my two friends. So... Definitely check those out. And as always, guys, uh, we love you. Also, um, fuck you to the person who copyright claimed our Halloween 2 review. Fuck you. It, it, I remember seeing the claim, and it wasn't even from, um, I think, Warner Brothers or Lionsgate, whoever owns it. It was from a third party. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So if you saw, like, hey, uh, this is behind the scenes. If you saw the email, I tried disputing it. Yeah, you were like, no. I'm I mean, like, no, okay. like, you, you don't own the rights, we don't own the rights, we're not making money off of this, so fuck you. Yeah, we're not monetizing this stuff, we're just doing it for fun. It's just yeah, we're, well, we're, we're oh, not yeah, monetizing. You can follow us on YouTube at Box Office Losers. We're, we're not monetized yet. Well, yet. Maybe uh, yeah, so guys, subscribe everywhere, um, everywhere where podcasts are found. Don't forget that. Yep. All right, All right guys. guys. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Look, the diamond upside down is a pussy. Fucking